Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Nurture Podcast. This episode is a part of the series about the fight or flight stress loop that many of us can get stuck in. This episode is specifically about childhood experiences that can lead you to chronic illness and getting stuck in this fight or flight loop. So I hope that even though it's not the most sunshiny of topics, that you get something out of it and maybe shed some light onto some of the struggles that you may have and also some insight as to how you can help your children and future generations in your family and your community not go down the same So I just want to share with you about a study called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, also known as ACEs. It's really common knowledge in the medical community, but I'm not sure how common it is in people who are not in the medical field. So I wanted to share it here and not just assume everyone knows about it. So basically what Kaiser Permanente did several years back was a study that correlated certain adverse childhood experiences with the adult propensity to chronic illness that they see in their patients. And what they found is when they asked these 10 10 specific questions, when the people that they were asking had more of these experiences, they ended up with more health issues in their adult years. Those 10 questions can be checked off in your mind right now, but if you can't get them all because you're on a walk or doing dishes or something like that, you can always go and find the adverse childhood experiences questions online very easily. Those questions that you need to ask yourself and kind of make a mental note of how many you have marked off are, did you personally experience physical abuse? Did you personally experience emotional abuse? Did you personally experience sexual abuse? Did you witness your mother be physically abused? Were you the victim of physical neglect? Were you the victim of emotional neglect? Was there mental illness in your household? Was there substance abuse in your household? Was a family member incarcerated? And were your parents divorced and or separated? So those are the 10 questions. So those Kaiser Permanente questions are actually applicable to your entire childhood, but especially the first five years. If you have those experiences in that first five years, it's especially impactful. The reason being is during the first five years, your left hemisphere of your brain hasn't really developed. It's really mostly right brain dominant in your thinking. And that right brain is responsible for processing emotions for your subconscious thoughts and memories, and for attachment, like attachment to your mother, attachment to your parents. So when you have traumatic experiences in that first five years, it really stunts the growth and the development of your right brain. So why does that necessarily matter? Well, clearly we want our brains to be developed correctly, but that right brain is responsible for a lot of actions that are very important. If you don't have a well-functioning right brain, you're going to be prone to anxiety. 
You're going to be be prone to stress intolerance. You're going to be prone to the stress-induced brain signaling that that missignals to all of your hormone-secreting glands. So in other words, your adrenals, your thyroid, your ovaries, so your sex hormones, your pancreas, so your blood sugar regulation, all of those can get messed up if you have these traumatic experiences early on. So already just skimming the surface, we're looking at hormone dysfunction across the board because of the right brain development not being right. We're looking at anxiety disorders because of the right brain development not being right. We're looking at a predisposition to not being able to impulse control because your right brain is like a break and it tells you when things are appropriate and not appropriate. And actually, while we're talking about this brake pedal situation, let me just tell you that the left brain, your left hemisphere of your brain is like a gas pedal. Your right hemisphere of your brain is the one that says, that's just not appropriate right now. Pump the brakes. Okay. So if your right brain's not developed a lot, as well as it should be, then basically you have a gas pedal with no control. Hence the impulse control, um, tendency towards ADHD, can't stop the thinking, right? Tendency towards anxiety, can't stop the thinking, right? Um, Inability to measure what threats are. So, you know, people who are like super jumpy all the time, like dragonfly flies by and they're like, ah, you know, that kind of thing. That is you not being able to say this is not appropriate. That's not a threat. It's that type of thing. So you tend to also end up not being able to have a whole lot of stress tolerance because you're like a stretched out rubber band without much give left because you aren't able to determine what is appropriate and what is not to get stressed about. And it's not just stress in your brain. I mean, that's, that's actually like a physiological response in your body. So I'm not saying it's all in your head because it's absolutely not. Your right brain lack of development created all this biochemistry in your body that now you pump out more stress hormones and that messes your blood sugar up and your sleep and your, your hunger signaling and your hormone development and all these things all happen because your right brain isn't there firing appropriately saying pump the brakes. Okay. So I also want to add in that this is part of what is termed generational trauma. Because let's just say your great grandma or your great great grandma, doesn't matter, had a very traumatic childhood. And nobody knew of all this neurodevelopment stuff along the way, right? We know of it now. So this is fantastic because we can break the chain. But let's just say for the sake of ease, it's your grandmother who had a traumatic childhood. And she then couldn't form the emotional attachments as a mother. And it came across to your own mother. And then your own mother grew up because she didn't have the appropriate attachments that come with facial expression and appropriate tone and the calmness of movement and the calm environment that mothers are, you know, quote unquote, supposed to um, give. 
if you didn't get that as a child, you grow up with somewhat stifled, at least, of a right brain development. And then when you're there responsible for your own mothering of your own children, you are unaware that sometimes you do not actually provide those same attachment skills to your own children. Now, a lot of us, especially people who are interested in health and wellness and self-development, have recognized these things and are the cycle breakers. And I love cycle breakers. That's why I love working with moms. But a lot of people aren't even aware that, oh, gosh, you know, my mom had a traumatic childhood and my or my grandma and my mom always had this kind of weird detached relationships that actually passes down and passes down and passes to your sons too, by the way. Um, But it does affect mothering and it is something that is at least in part in a big part, actually fixable, but you need awareness of it in order to do that. So that trauma that can happen, what happens is it's, it stifles the integration of your memories and events in your life. And so when that happens, when you're in your first five years, there is an area of your brain called the hippocampus, and that area is responsible for storing memories and events and helping you integrate those memories. And if you get trauma in your first five years, the development of that hippocampus gets stunted, and you end up never integrating your memories. It's normal to have, like they call it childhood amnesia the first five years, not to be very memorable, but if memory is a thing, especially memory of events, it could be that you really don't have a right um, hippocampus that's very well developed that follows you throughout life, right? If on the other hand, you do have a well-developed hippocampus, you escaped a bunch of trauma in your childhood, congratulations. But, you know, when you're old enough to have a developed hippocampus, if you have a traumatic event, what can happen that acute stress pumps out a bunch of cortisol and cortisol when it's high, it shuts down your hippocampus as well. So let's just say you had a huge adult um, traumatic event. Unfortunately, the cortisol that gets kicked out from all that stress shuts your hippocampus down as well. And you end up not being able to integrate those memories and and process those events as well. And that is where PTSD comes from. So both cases mess with your cortisol levels. They mess with your memory storing and your integration, whether it was happening when you were a kid or as an adult, it just happens in two different mechanisms, but they both involve that hippocampus. And both of them also, because your hippocampus is in, in control or partial control of, of the signaling axis in your brain that signals all your hormones, both of them mess up your hormone systems. So whether the trauma happened when you were a childhood and it led to an underdeveloped hippocampus or the trauma occurred after your childhood or late childhood or the trauma occurred in late childhood or in your adulthood, and the acute stress led to the cortisol that shut your hippocampus down, the actual outcome is the same. The hippocampus messes up your signaling to your hormone systems. If it's not functioning right, it messes up your integration of memories and events. It throws off your cortisol levels 
which lead to, again, all kinds of things like sleep issues, inflammation, so pain, brain fog, things like that, hunger signaling. (laughs) The list is endless, basically. But that right brain development is so, so super important. And in general, children who were born into an environment that would expose them to trauma, especially multiple ones of those traumas that we mentioned in the Kaiser Permanente study, they would tend to be set up not as well in life anyway, and sort of have either a really deep hole that they tread water in their whole life, which is super stressful, or they've got a really deep hole that they're trying to claw their way out of, especially in their 20s and 30s. And so that can lead to just chronic stressors all the time of like, okay, I've got to go to school. I've got to learn how to have functional good relationships. I've got to learn how to take care of myself and be independent. I've got to learn how to mother correctly or father correctly or whatever, because you don't maybe have always the best examples or examples that you want to follow. These chronic stressors of trying to dig yourself out of a hole that started in your first five years can lead to, now get this, development of the prefrontal cortex. You don't need to know where that is, but prefrontal cortex in your left brain. So it starts making your left brain work super, super hard and get really, really strong with all these chronic stressors. So let's just realize here that your right brain struggled in its development and your left brain got stronger and stronger and stronger because the chronic stresses that it took to pull you out. Okay, so now we're going to revisit the whole, your left brain's the gas pedal, your right brain is the brake pedal. And again, your left brain, it's the gas pedal for things, even like your immune system. It's like, ooh, hypersensitive to foods and allergies. Ooh, autoimmunity because my right brain's not saying, hold on, that's that's our actual body tissue. Can we not? Can we not attack that, please? You know, your left brain is responsible for all the gas pedal stuff. Attention, look the squirrel because your right brain's not saying, no, 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 calm down. Impulse control. Addictions live there, right? Your right brain's not saying we can stifle our impulses. Let's stop this, right? And so you can see when we talk about all the hormonal impacts and we talk about the anxiety and all of the different like immune system responses that result from this whole imbalance between our brains, you can see why a person who has these experiences in childhood would get stuck in that fight or flight loop with all the extra cortisol and all the anxiety and all that type of stuff with that right brain not calming it down as well. You live in that fight or flight loop for 10 plus years, and it's like a well-traveled trail in your brain and in your biochemistry, and it's not easy to get out of. We do want to realize that lessens your ability to handle trauma. Like I said, that's, that's part of the mechanism of PTSD. It lessens your stress tolerance. It lessens your trauma threshold. And so it's really, really important that we try to rehabilitate that. We absolutely want to rehabilitate left to right brain function, but we actually have to rehabilitate the brain and the body's communication first. A person who has this imbalance in their brain and is stuck in fight or flight, many, many people disassociate themselves, um, whether it's emotionally or it's physically. 
I have many, many, many patients that come to me and are not aware until we start working together how much they've been disassociating what they feel in their body with what they're willing to think in their brain. Part of that's also a a function of being told it's all in your head for so many years that they sort of just try to push it down a little bit, right? They shove it down (laughs) and it creates this, this disassociation, which you cannot fix the right and left brain balance unless you fix the association between your brain and your body. So what that looks like, my very favorite tool for recreating that connection between your brain and your body is vibration. Um, You can do it with like a a massager. There's even massager apps on your phone, a Sonicare toothbrush. I mean, anything that massages. Vibration is really, really powerful in waking your brain and body's connection up. So it's my favorite tool. It's not the only one, you know, massage, chiropractic. Self-massage with oils every day is a really, really great one to, to use as well. A vibration plate is not attainable to everybody, but that would be a great tool for just getting that body awareness back in your brain again. Once you have done that, then you can start to rehabilitate the right and left brain balance. So there are specific practitioners that are skilled in doing this. They are called functional neurologists, or I should say we are called functional neurologists. Um, There are lots of little tools, and there's some general ones that I can share that can stimulate your your right brain. But ultimately, if you think this is a big problem for you and this rings true, you can look for a functional neurologist in your area and see if you can get evaluated so you can get a really like fine-tuned treatment plan for yourself. But in general, here's a couple of things you can do. If you think your right brain is not developed well, a really good thing to do would be to smell smells, plugging your left nostril and going into your right nostril. So really good quality essential oils, not the cheap stuff from the store. Um, Good quality essential oils are really great for that because they can really get into your emotional centers at the same time as they can start to stimulate your right brain, if it's going through your right nostril. Also, listening to music or your podcasts or anything in your left earbud, that will stimulate your right brain. Um, Word games. Your hippocampus likes that area. It brings blood to that area, so therefore nourishment and connections. If you're playing word games like Boggle, Words with Friends, if you're doing it on an app, or Scrabble, crosswords, things like that, Also, finding your way around town without the GPS all the time is great. Dialing numbers of your significant other, your parents, your kids, your best friend, instead of always just one-touch dialing. These are little things that bring area to the temporal lobe where your hippocampus lives that can certainly help to bring blood flow and energy into that area. There is a lot of, you know, therapy type stuff that can be done. I'm sure hypnotherapy has something to do with this, although I don't know of it personally on all of the intricacies, but there are a lot of things that can be done that need to be done with a practitioner. My job today was just to bring awareness to it and just give you one or two quick tools that are at your fingertips right now that you can start to use to try to bring some blood and some energy and and flow to that area of your brain. My hope today was just to bring you some insight as to why this happened and how it happens so that you can have a couple of tips and tricks to start to change things around and and start to develop your right brain and 
make your body and your brain start talking and being aware of each other again. Absolutely. But over the next episodes, I'm just going to keep bringing in more tools and more insight so that it can help you to piece together the puzzle of all these random symptoms and all these experiences that you've had and how they may connect together and hopefully a path forward so that you can create a better future for yourself for sure. But also you can help switch the trajectory, the health trajectory and the wellness trajectory of your entire family. It's a really beautiful, powerful thing that we can do. And it all starts with us. So keep tuning in to all these episodes. Thanks so much for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.